Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Burgess. If you look through your life, you have so much evidence of you surviving bad days and bad situations. So why not take this leap of faith and see what's on the other side? Because like I said, you know, there's a version of you on the other side of this, whatever you're thinking about, that has already secured this goal and so much more. Because once you master one thing effectively, you learn everything. All right. So welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast where life, sports, and medicine intersect. And I have a special guest with me tonight, uh, Jared Woods, who is an author, yes. a poet, a PhD candidate, um, a, a fellow podcaster of books, our pop culture. So, you know, welcome to the show, Jared. Really glad to have you here. Hey, man, excited to be here, man. Really excited. I love doing stuff like this. Absolutely. So, you know, we were just in a meeting about probably two weeks ago now, and you mentioned that you had a new book coming out and started to share yeah, a little yeah. bit about it. And I was like, man, let's, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. So you have a new book that just released, uh, Three Pins of Capital Lean. Um, yes. So we're not going to jump into the book just yet. Man, I was gonna say I might need to go grab yeah, one. How right. am I not yeah, ready? Hey, I got you. I got you. Righteous, I got you. Righteous. I got you. Yes. All right. But nah, man, you are in a sea of books. And like you mentioned, this is only one bookshelf. But nah, I can yeah. tell you love to read. So we need to talk about that because, you know, as men, as a, a culture, reading mm -hmm. is often something that we overlook. So I really want to yeah. kind of touch on your love for reading. So um yeah. yeah, just welcome to the show, number one. And then I want to just jump into your kind of early life. Where did you have a uh -huh. love, your love for reading? Where did that come from? Uh, mm -hmm. So let's just get started. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I am. Um, I've been reading. I'm, I've been an avid reader since the age of three. Um, I don't know if you remember those little golden books. They were like small. You might get them in like Fred's or something. They had like that spine that was silver and black. Right. And they had like Bambi and, sure, you know, sure. uh, yeah. Clifford and yeah. yeah. So my mom would give me those um, and I would just demolish them. You know, once I had kind of gotten down the phonetics and 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 working through the sentences, it was a wrap, you know, so I would like demolish those. And so she would take me to the bookstore. Uh, what was the name of that bookstore? It might have been it was like a, a local bookstore in Natchez. Um, and I would buy books there and I would eat those up. And then you get into school. And they had those competitions. What was it? The book it, the book oh, yeah. it competition. Piece of Did you get the piece yeah. of that? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. They hated me. They hated to see me coming. They put, they had to end up putting a limit on it because yeah. I was killing it, you know? And then accelerated reader. I was like accelerated reader, a champion. So basically, I, I had figured out early that there's no, there's no problem you can have that someone hasn't already experienced and written about it at length. Um, and so uh, you know, I'm not that good at math, uh, so I just really hunkered down on the whole reading piece uh, and got really, really, really good at it. But that's where it starts from. It starts at three with those little golden books, man. Man, that is awesome. And I, I tell people all the time, if you want to be a great student, a great test taker, you have to be a fluent reader. And that's something that I wish, you know, if I could go back, I would concentrate more on being a fluent reader. And that's something that we stay on our kids about trying to create a love for reading. Um, because, yeah. you know, as you go through school and you have to, especially like now you're a PhD candidate and going through medical school and going through all these standardized tests, 
if you can read fast and you can take the knowledge in, process it, that's half, over half the battle. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> way over half real. the battle. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah. embarrassing story I'll share about myself. So I was uh, a senior in high school interviewing uh, for scholarships, for college scholarships. And I went on a presidential scholarship uh, yeah. at UAB. And they said, you know, tell us some of your strengths. Oh, yada, yada, yada. Now tell us yeah. your weakness. And I was like, yeah. I hate reading. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as soon as I said, you know, I hate reading or I'm not a strong reader, I wanted to reach out and grab those words because I could just see the facial expression on the interviewee's face change. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, I just screwed up. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so when you're interviewing, be honest, but you never want to say that you, you don't enjoy reading when you're going into yeah. a graduate level program. So that was my mistake. Hopefully somebody will learn from that one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Reading is the only way I got in my graduate program. Because like I said, you know, you take the GRE, they have some math on it, and I bombed it. I, I just cannot count, man. Uh, so I had like, I was in the the, the highest percentile in terms of uh, the reading and the critical thinking, mm-hmm. uh, but the math wasn't there. But it was like, thank goodness you're going into the social sciences. Uh, right. So we'll just get somebody to do your stats. Sure, sure. <laughs> right, right, right. So we got that taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're always a strong reader. It sounds like you grasped that as an early, you know, early in school, even before you even started school. It sounds like oh, you were probably reading up. in preschool. So. so you develop a love for reading early in life. But when did you develop a love for writing? Man, the Power Rangers, actually, interestingly okay. enough, uh, <laughs> The and the and the OG Power Rangers. So I was um I was like watching that and and Doug Funny. I don't know if you remember Doug Funny. Yeah. Um, but Doug was writing in his journal all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if Doug's writing in a journal, then surely I can like do my own thing with a journal. And so I put all my secrets in, in the journal. Um, and then also I started like drawing these comic strips of the Power Rangers. And then rearranging their storylines. Um, and I did that for probably some years. I wish I knew where some of those were, but I ended up I ended up losing them. And then, you know, I went down that dark road of wanting to be a rapper. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. yeah. So it was those two things. So Power Rangers, Doug Funny. Uh, and of course, you know, you're reading, you want to see yourself in the story. Mm-hmm. So I would like mentally switch the names of the main characters in the story to my name. So instead of King Arthur, because that was one of the first big books I read, uh, instead of like King Arthur, it would be King Jared, right? Okay. In my head. And I started kind of playing around with that and writing my own things. So tell us about your rap career. How, do, how did that go? <laughs> hey, it was pretty okay. You know, I had a knack for... Um, for, for freestyling you know like right. traditional freestyling like like those old texas rappers used to do okay uh and we used to do that because i was in the band we used to do that for a little while and i come to college here at usm and um you know i kind of got like this nickname it was uh people call me woulda right and that was my rap name as well uh, and i rapped for a lot of some shows you know right. a little show right. here, a little, you know? <laughs> and uh the 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 wife gets pregnant and, uh, you know, we're, we're engaged as well. And I just know what rappers end up doing uh, a lot of times. And uh, I made like the executive decision to hang up the mic um, and, and focus more into the poetry. Because uh, I was like, you know, I, I can do, if I really love the art, right? right. Of like putting those words together, 
than all that other uh all the other jazz in terms of like the beat and all that to take care of itself and so even now if, if you you know peruse my instagram page of black man reading you'll see i have a lot of elements of the music videos that i like mm-hmm. in the way that i create like these poetic reels where there's like this there's this, this cinematic thing happening in terms of the visual and then i'll write like a small micro essay about like what what i'm feeling what i'm thinking about and what i'm trying to convey uh so that's been a really fun thing to do and and to be to be kind of known for reading uh is much better than like known for you know putting bad words together <laughs> hey man, respect for that so tell us about you brought up a black man reading let's talk about mm-hmm. that how did what did that come from yeah, uh, I got I got uh, very upset with my friends for not liking my posts when I would post pictures about books. Okay. And interestingly <laughs> enough, yeah, I was like, why don't y'all like these are books? This, right. This is books. You know, I'm not posting, you know, about like random things on the shade room and stuff like that. I'm showing you this process of me bettering myself in public. What's better than that? Right. And they weren't feeling it. Right. Um, you know, and 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 I had ran a hip hop blog prior um it was uh woulda since 1987 where i wrote reviews i wrote reviews there i think i did like one for all hip-hop through this other blog that i was doing uh with this guy named leon called the real defined okay um and so i knew how to build a community from that um but i stopped that community the woulda since 1987 because i felt like i was making like the wrong people pop right Mm -hmm like the wrong kind of music pop and, and and it just wasn't in line with what I wanted for hip hop. So I shut it down. Um, but when I started feeling like that with the reading uh, that I was posting, I was like, well, I already know how to like blog. I already kind of know how to build a community and kind of get over those jitters. Cause so- sometimes when you're growing up, you feel like nobody's checking from Mississippi. Right. 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 But then there's also this idea of I can count on no one else to be doing what I'm doing in Mississippi too. You, you know, like if I'm, if I'm writing about hip hop and I'm writing about Jay-Z, people ain't listening to Jay-Z like that in the South. Right. Right. And so they're wondering why is this Mississippi guy talking about Jay-Z, uh, Most Def, uh, Common, to Live Quality, all these people that aren't kind of uh, native to, to what we kind of grew up on. Mm-hmm. So I go over there and I was like, what am I going to name it? And I was like, I mean, if, I, if it's all about like this process of like getting better in public. And we already know, we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, there's like this stigma on reading coming from within our culture and outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, I'm just gonna name it a black man reading. And it should be pretty easy to build the community because I'm a black man and I'm right. reading. And so right. whatever I do is beautiful content, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it started out like really simple, uh, doing uh, a picture of a book, a review, pairing it with a cigar or something like that um something to grab then, their attention other than the book yeah you know yeah yeah <laughs> something like in a like a what do they call it lifestyle aesthetic blog right and um these guys from new york reach out to me and ask me how would i feel about interviewing hill harper um you know and at first i was like i'm just gotta take pictures of books i'm not a you know a journalist or interviewer right. Um, and that was my first one. And it's it's blown from then. At first, it was maybe it was interesting enough. All the people who wouldn't like my pictures on the personal page were like the first <laughs> ones to, you know, to follow a black man reading and, and support at the beginning, which was interesting. But I guess um, and and it blew from there. I mean, I think I might have had like one hundred and fifteen to I think I'm 10 followers away from eleven thousand. Wow. Uh, on Instagram. Uh, and I've interviewed 
probably at least 10 New York Times bestsellers. I've interviewed Charlemagne. Uh, I've interviewed Tamika D. Mallory, um, the uh, social activist Tamika D. Mallory, mm-hmm. and the list keeps growing. Uh, so it's, it's a beautiful, fun thing. And I'm really famous in Books a Million. so you know i guess it sounded more like a movement once it was a black man reading versus your personal page you know yeah 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 that's yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. all right so tell us about you know you kind of touched on your undergrad experience you know you you're rocking the mic probably doing parties yeah tell us about your college experience yeah so you know and obviously with with being so good at reading i was killing in high school Mm -hmm. didn't have to study um, you know, if there was a, a test in literature, I literally put together a quick reading because I can read about 50, 50 pages an hour, right? Wow. So I'll read if about I know, 50 pages a month. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Dust yeah, yeah. yeah. audio books, right? <laughs> Man, yeah, I can eat, I can eat 50 pages an hour easy. Wow. Um, okay. Well, I wouldn't say easy, but that's that's really kind of concentrated. Yeah. Um, and so I could read, I could like get up at four, read of mice and men by eight and, you know, and, and ace the test. So I yeah. get to school. Um, I made, I think a 25 on the ACT. Cause I, again, I can't count. So I had like a 31 in the reading, <laughs> a 14 in the math. Right, right, um, right. And so I get to, I get to school. My mom sends me to USM cause I got into some trouble, um, in high school. So she sent me here instead of Texas Southern. I had a full band scholarship, Texas okay southern um and you know how kids get you know uh they make poor decisions thinking they're hurting mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, a little rebellious right oh uh, yeah so i'm yeah. not going to class i'm freestyling in i'm freestyling in, in in the hub is what we called it um and so interestingly enough um i'm making straight f's right so here's this you know honor roll student straight a's i was in the honors college even though i didn't know that because my mom mm-hmm. had signed me up for that so i make straight f's i get kicked out of the honors college um you know of course uh probationary periods for school and i'm writing these beautiful essays about how i'm gonna do better right Mm. um and i end up accidentally because i just needed some hours because these f's were adding up signing up for english 467 uh and dr sumner uh, i get an a in there and again straight f's and so he's like you managed to get into this senior level english class somehow uh you make an a in it and you have straight ups and everything else because you're an uh, economics major. Uh, I was like, yeah, that is strange because I can't count. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I was really into the whole idea of being in suits right. on Wall Street. <laughs> right. I hear you. I hear you. So he works with me to get me signed up to switch to literature. Um, and what, so, at what point in your career is yeah. this? What point of uh, USM? This is still undergrad. So this is yeah. freshman, sophomore. Uh, that was probably, man, that's got to be junior okay all right so yeah that's gotta be junior because i lose the scholarship i get kicked out of the honors dorm um i'm thinking the first semester of the junior year um and by that time my gpa is so low Mm. that you can't switch majors so he had to manually enter me into these classes and i had to make like 17 a's to pull it up um but i do it and um and switching to literature was just i mean it was home you know, it was like, why on earth was I, first of all, forcing myself through these marketing classes right. and all of this? But the good news is I meet my wife uh, in one of those uh, accounting classes. 
Uh, so that kind of works out in my favor. But other than that, it was a terrible experience. Right, right, right. <laughs> Until I get to literature, man. Yeah, yeah. But that shows you kind of lack of mentorship, right? So mm-hmm. you knew that you had a love for reading and writing, but you still end up as an economics major, even though you hate math, right? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. this you pass for a year, two years, three years, just sinking, swim, you know, mm-hmm. trying to keep your head above water before yeah. somebody says, look, your talent is here and you're over here. You're swimming, yeah. trying to swim upstream mm-hmm. instead of just going with what you are good at or what you're passionate about. So thank goodness yeah. that professor, you know, pulled you up and said, look, no, yeah. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, hustling yeah. backwards. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, and so you evidently you pull your grades up mm-hmm. and you finish school because now you're in a PhD program. So yeah. kind of talk about to us how that ended. Yeah, yeah. So I finished school uh, with like a two, two, seven uh, cumulative. Uh, and like, uh, I think I was like a three, nine, five for the actual major uh, GPA, right? Um, which thank God that's a thing right. because when it comes time to uh, apply for grad school, you know, I have to explain why my GPA <laughs> was so low. Um, and so I applied for grad school, but in between that, guess what I end up doing? I was a banker at Hancock Bank. <laughs> I end up actually being the guy in the suit. So I do consumer loans and business okay. loans uh, for Hancock Bank. Uh, and while I'm there, I noticed that I'm like helping people who already have money get money. And I'm telling people who need money, they don't have the credit for it. Hmm. And I, I and I start, um, you know, I start like studying like where that kind of happens in terms of classism and racism. Um, and and then I'm like, well, how can I like do my part, you know, to kind of combat that? And I end up going back for a master's in the art of teaching. And um, uh, I end up coming to this crossroads, this guy there, he, he was doing commercial lending. Um, and he asked me what do you want to, where do you want to see yourself 30, 20 years from now? Because as bankers, we all know our retirement date. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. we all know our retirement date, but as teachers and professors, I've never heard my professor fans, friends say I retire on this date. You know, he was like, you know, they kind of do that until you got to drag them out of there. Right. Um, and Once so you get tenure, I'd imagine. Yeah. 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 So um, I end up making the switch. I leave the bank and I start teaching um, and it doesn't take me long to know that I don't want to do that for 20 years. Uh, and I end up going into higher ed. I end up going to a PhD higher ed uh, program, which is kind of like a super full circle thing. Right. Because like you said, lack of mentoring was the issue. Uh, and now, you know, my, my PhD is in higher ed and I have an emphasis in student affairs. Uh, so that's something that I'm hoping uh, to end up landing a gig in and being able to like be instrumental in making sure that that doesn't happen to, you know, kids. Cause I probably could have been on a really easy, very fast trajectory. Had I known I was in honors college, like why was there no intake for that? Um, <laughs> you <know? laughs> uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, I'm excited about that, even though the dissertation has been whooping my tail for a year, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to survive. Right. Absolutely, because you're doing what you're passionate about, doing what you love. So without a doubt, you know, you're going to see yourself through. So let's talk about your new book, Three Pins of Capital Lean. So, yes. Yeah. What's the origin of that? Tell us about it. So um, during that time, you know, I was in Capital League when I was uh, younger. uh, And so I get to school 
And, you know, in my mind, which I think is kind of in most uh, capital leaguers' mind, the obvious thing is to join Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. So I get there, I go to the first booth I see, and there's a guy there, uh, and it's one of my it's, it's one of my now frat brothers, but at the time, you know, I was like aspiring. Uh, but it was Stephen Randall. And uh, I did all the um, wrong things. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm in Capital League. Not only do I enjoy Crimson and Cream, I can twirl really good. Give me Watch that this, thing. Right? I bet I can twirl it better. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and Doc, we call him Doc. He was like, nah. Not <laughs> but yeah. um, I'm, I'm familiar with Natchez uh, and familiar with Natchez Capital League. And uh, I know some people from Natchez. Um, and he just kind of starts pouring into me by that time though uh, this is like mid freshman year so I've already depleted my grades to I think I had a 0. 0.07 that first semester um, and so there was no hope of that uh, right. but he kind of just still kept me around and kept me on his wing um, just kind of making sure that I was making as, as good a choice as I could and you fast forward I mean literally a decade uh, and some change um, and I, and I end up, uh, going grad chapter and coming out with a black man reading, um, changing my personal page to a killer Missouri, which is like my African name, which means it's key Swahili for a beautiful mind. And he hits me up. He's like, yo, man, the stuff you are on now is nothing like 18, 19 year old. You would, I mean, what is going on, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I tell him the same story that we've been kind of talking about. And I tell him how, how, you know, these books, there's so much, there's so much in those books that just makes everything so much easier in terms of like growing and doing things. If you, you know, if you actually speak truth to power and put the action behind what you read, because some people can read things and there's nothing after that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you really test those theories out, you know, they usually prove well. So we go and we we watch uh, Tanahisi Coates. Um, he used to write for the Atlantic, uh, and he's written I think one, two, three, three, maybe four books. And he did like a really dope HBO special uh, on one of those books, Between the World and Me. You should definitely check it out. Um, and I was like, "Yo, we could do this." I was like, "I know you used to." He used to actually write poems and rap. He used to do open mics. Okay. And I was like, "I've been writing poems since 2016." I was like. There's a uh, some I'm really into like these um, um, some people might call them new age ideas, et cetera, et cetera. But I was like, there's a version of us on the other side of this conversation that already has a book, mm-hmm. you know, And he's like, man, it's just a weird way of thinking. I was like, yeah, all we got to do is make the steps towards it and everything else. The universe is water. It wants to get out of our way. I was like, we put those poems together, we wrap them in an idea. Uh, and we sell it ourselves and we then become interviewed just like these people we just saw. Uh, and we've been taking interviews, you know, uh, it was, I think 2019 is 2022. Here we are. Um, he's from Vicksburg. I'm from Natchez. We're both river boys. Um, so there's this element of like the old South because Natchez and Vicksburg are some of the older, uh, right. cities here. There's, you know, Buku plantations, and then we're both really close to Louisiana. So there's a whole lot of Louisiana things in there. And so we put all of this together to kind of create this. It's almost we, what we were going for is like Equimini with Outcast. Okay. You know, like this whole world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this world of Capital Lean, if, if, if you can see, we have the antebellum home on the back. Right. Um, and we we got some ideas in order to like really bring this country uh, or the city to life. 
um and and we put it together man it's been a beautiful process so far man loving all the support we're getting uh because like erica said you know as an artist we're sensitive about our right, you know right, what right. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah so what's your favorite poem or collection out of this book Ooh, um man uh i have some that are directly you know to my wife to my mom um this one would, uh, I think is my favorite, Right Time, Song, Place, um, which is like a play on this idea of being in the right place, wrong time, um, and, 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 and infusing it with like lyrics of songs and talking about like love, right? So this would be one kind of inspired by my wife uh, and like devotion, loyalty, and like that, that breathless feeling that love gives you, you know? That would definitely be my favorite one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's exciting, man. Your story is definitely one that I want people to hear because you started off love for reading and mm -hmm. always knew that that was a strong point. And then you struggled, but you overcame yeah. that struggle and continuing to chase that dream, you know, that you've had since you're three or four years old. So that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And now you're really starting to be innovative in how you can create your own, you know, so mm -hmm. I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, and I'll try to promote it as much as possible. Love, love. Yeah, man, this is, you know, super dope too. you know, what you're doing with your podcast, um, you know, fusing your, your talents uh, as a, as a uh, medical professional with, you know, so many other things, because everything is everything. I tell mm -hmm. people that all the time, you know, there's, uh, nothing is as there are no limits except the ones we impose on ourselves absolutely um and so you know same way like i just randomly get this um this call to interview hill harper right i could have easily said nah i don't do interviews i've never done one before right um but like jay-z said i'd rather die enormous than live dormant um you know and you know hill hill was amazing yeah and i and i brought some students with me uh he got a chance to pour into them it was beautiful man and I would have missed out on that, you know, by putting those boundaries up. Yeah. One thing I've learned from this podcast is that everyone I sit down and talk to, I learn from them, no matter what it's about. You know, if we're talking medicine, if we're talking sports, if we're mm -hmm. talking poetry, I'm learning something and thus able to teach my children something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the thing, them being immersed in this culture and they're hearing all these conversations and seeing me work on this stuff and I'm teaching you know, my daughter, how to edit and she knows the process now. Right. So yeah, yeah. that's a business, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so you never, I feel that when you're doing something, you have a purpose for it, but there's always a bigger purpose for your actions. Um, and it's always going to impact other people in a different way from even what you might have intended for it to be. So yeah, absolutely. My son does. Uh, I mean, he takes a lot of the photos. We do a lot of the uh, those reels I create. Um, we literally just did one outside playing hot potatoes. So, okay. yeah, yeah, they see it, man. And um, they're learning. And you never know. You might have the next Ava DuVernay, you hey, know, you never know. Uh, you never know. Yeah, never know. Never know. Well, man, on time out with the sports doctor, this is your final time out. So I really want you to just speak to that college freshman, sophomore, that early entrepreneur who is sitting in a seat or sitting in a place that they know that they don't belong, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And they yeah. know that their passions and dreams lie outside of it, but they might feel trapped, so to speak. Uh, so I really yeah. want you to speak to that person. 
Yeah. Um, you know, one of my friends said this is terrible English, uh, terrible, uh, terrible grammar, uh, but it's never too late to be who you might could be. You know, right. uh, it used to say that to me all the time. And I was like, wow, what a weird, random <laughs> 20 year old college thing to say, you know, yeah. after the club. Um, but it really isn't, you know, um, people impose people and specifically, at least it's been my experience in the South impose these limits. Like you're supposed to have certain things done mm. by certain ages. That's right. just not true. You know, if you look, if a simple look through a lot of, and this is why books are important, a simple look through a lot of these people's lives, they don't start doing stuff till, you know, till the timing is right. You know, like people say Godspeed, they mean at the speed that God has for, uh, for your life, you know? So, you know, and then also if you're feeling trapped already, right, you're already trapped, but you have so much, if you look through your life, you have so much evidence of you surviving bad days and bad situations. So why not? take this leap of faith and see what's on the other side. Cause like I said, you know, there's a version of you on the other side of this, of whatever you're thinking about that has already secured this goal and so much more. Cause once you master one thing effectively, you learn everything, Absolutely. you know, I, I started out with that interview. Then I learned editing by default. I started out taking these pictures and I learned how to do actual cell phone photography by default, you know, I read one book and then I read the house a thousand. And so, you know, all it takes is that one step, you know, um, and just kind of keep going, lean into those who love, who love and pour light into you and step away from those who don't, um, you know, that that's the most important thing. There's that. And time is your most valuable asset. Uh, use it wisely. The last thing I say, like, so for instance, with that time thing, people always tell me, well, I wish I could get a PhD but I don't have the time, you know, and by the time I get done, I'll be 35. Well, you'd be 35 anyway. Right. <laughs> Same thing they told me about being a doctor. You're going to be in school yeah. the rest of your life. Now, look, you know. Here we are, right? Here we are, so, right? Yeah, man. That's that's what I would say. Uh, it's never too late to be who you might could be. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, and yeah. tell people how they can follow you, um, social media, yeah. as well as your book. Absolutely. Um, you can find the book at uh, Howland River Publishing. Uh, the Howlin is H-O-W-L-I-N riverpublishing.com. Um, you can find me everywhere at a black man reading, literally a black man reading, except on Twitter. It's just black man reading there because of character limit. Um, then um, you can also find that's everywhere. That's YouTube. Um, I think I got some stuff on Spotify, but mainly my main community is on Instagram. It's a, like right at 11,000 strong. Um, then you can find me at books are pop culture, same thing, Instagram, all the whole shebang. Um, that's the podcast that I run with my brother, Reggie reads, um, that we, I mean, we've interviewed some of the best people writing in today's contemporary literature. Um, and that's the same thing, YouTube, Instagram, we don't have a Twitter yet. Uh, but the biggest, uh, community is at Instagram. We kind of like segue folks to the YouTube through that. Um, but yeah, books are pop culture. And a black man reading, you can find me there and a black man reading.com. All right, man. Well, hey, everybody, go follow, support, buy this book. And yes, Jared, yes. hey, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next creation. So I appreciate yes, your time. Yes. Thanks for coming on, man. Of course, of course. I was, it was a pleasure to be had, brother. Peace, peace. Right. Absolutely. Thank you for all the support that you're giving this podcast. If this podcast is out and you value, uh, please leave a five star rating and review. 
and give me feedback. You can go to my website at drderricthesportsdoctor.com. I'm on the website. If you're able to give me verbal feedback or testimonials about how this show is impacting you uh, via voicemail, or you could also uh, send a message. And if you're interested or know someone who might be interested in being a guest on this show, they can also fill out a form that says register as guest on the website and we will contact you uh, to discuss it further. So thank you uh, for everyone who continues to support this podcast. Uh, We are growing only because of your support. And as long as you will continue to support us, we will continue to give you episodes that hopefully will enhance your life. So have a good week and be blessed.